And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Here we are. Welcome back. Uh, I'm going to start, Shush. You I'm going to start. You go. My name is Dan. I'm Shush, and today we have Brian Honk. Yay! Hey! <laughs> Here he is. Woo-hoo. That was. It's like we rehearsed it. Wow. So eloquent. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming, Brian. My pleasure. Good to see we've you. Had, we've had some. Yeah, great to see you. For uh, there'll be people that don't know, but we we all worked on the same team. We'll technically still do work on the same team, the Worship Arts team. What yep. a team! Now, now, Brian, you're in charge of publications. That was my role. Yeah, that was your role. But current, so you're about to retire. But currently, you're on your long service leave. Am I correct? Correct. And I yes. retire so, the second of April. Good Friday. I know. Which is. Which is really sad for us. We loved having sad. you a part of the team, and you welcomed us because oh, we'll, we'll we'll go into that. But you've been a part of that team for a long time. But um, yeah, so you've kind of already retired, but not. But that's okay. Yeah, it's yeah. good. I'm still trying to work out what <laughs> retirement really is. Actually, I think I'm still in holiday mode, coming <laughs> off the back of holidays in December and January. But what is it? It's March, and I'm still on holidays. It's. How good. Well, thank you so yeah, much for coming good. on your holidays. We appreciate it very, very much. Pleasure. We do. We do. So what we do on Seven Days Podcast is we have different guests and each time a guest comes on, we ask them five quick questions. We call it Fast Five. And you just have to say the first thing that comes to mind when we answer, when we ask you these questions. Are you ready, Brian? Oh, I'm as ready as I'm going to be. All right. <laughs> The first question is, cats or dogs? Dogs. Nice. Ooh, all right. Second question. Favourite ice cream flavour? Uh, anything with chocolate is good. Yeah. Okay. You do some woodwork and you like to create things in the shed. What's the coolest thing you've ever made? Ooh. Um, or the thing you're most proud of? About the only thing I've really perfected in the shed is sawdust and shavings. <laughs> um, so anything other than that is is a good outcome. Fair, fair, fair. So, all right, here's one for you. It's a little bit abstract. If you could be an instrument, what would it be? If I could be an instrument. What would it be? Hmm. It would have to be a wind instrument. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, flugelhorn is my favourite instrument. It's that I think is my voice, so I'd, I'd have to be a flugelhorn. That's fair. And and the last one here on Fast Five, if you have an afternoon with nothing on, what are you doing? Like, what's Brian's relaxation time? I would either be in the shed or in the garden or writing music, which are the three things I'd do anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, we might go for a walk. Uh, we might go oh, yeah. out somewhere if. If my wife's home, we'll go out somewhere, take a drive, yeah, sounds just chill. Good. I think you're nailing retirement then, really. It sounds yeah, like you're all you over go. it. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> I just need routine. And you know, coming out the back yeah. of last year, there's no routine at all. So 
And yeah. this year, it's just a matter of finding a routine. I'm slowly getting back into it. Like, we got the big band was out last weekend, weekend ago. Um, we had two gigs on one weekend. We haven't played together since March, and we had two gigs in the one weekend, uh, wow. which were good. It was great to see all the guys. Uh, we've got rehearsal coming up this Saturday, um, and then I've got something else on, on Sunday. So there's a few things that are coming up and I can at least sort of say, oh, that was such and such a day because I did this, rather than mm. what day was that where we sat and had that Zoom meeting? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. Every day looks the same. But, yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, that is the fast five over and you survived, so well done. Well done. You know, that's Good. that's the first tick. We're, we're there. So I hope they're um, the tough questions. Yeah, they're the toughest tougher. you're going to get. No. Good. Yeah, that's... that's <laughs> Finding yourself as an instrument, that's quite tough. Um, I'll hold you to that. We, 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 are, we like the guest in these pods to kind of introduce themselves uh, and kind of give us a bit of a, a background origin story of kind of where you've been and what's got you to where you are at now. Yeah, you, you're obviously, for the, those who don't know, Brian's a composer. Uh, he's also, obviously we've mentioned his role with the worship arts team as publications, but you also mentioned the big band as well that you're involved in. There's been a lot that you've been involved in over the years. If we could get like a brief five minute, I started here and I ended up here and this is where God's kind of brought me. I know asking that for five minutes is probably the hardest question you're going to get today. (laughs) I guess like what's the background uh, and what's kind of interest you in the creative arts and what's got you to where you are at now? Yeah, put <laughs> put the stopwatch on. Okay. Um, <laughs> quick, quick view of my life. Okay, I was born in England a long time ago. Um, my folks moved out here in 64. At that stage, I'd been playing the YP band. I wasn't particularly interested that much in music. Um, yeah, singing company, YP band. Uh, I couldn't really play that much. Uh, came out here, you know, picked up those things again. When I was 17, doing year 11 at one of the old technical schools, I was actually doing an applied science course and I was going to be an architect. That was the thing I wanted to do. Um, and for some reason, while I was studying for the last, my last final exams, year 11, uh, I I changed I, the, the direction of my life changed. Now, honestly, I cannot tell you what prompted that. There was nothing that I can remember to say, well, okay, well, you're going in the wrong direction, do this, other than to say I really believe God had his hand in that. Mm. Um, I remember my father was the bandmaster um, at the core. He went out to rehearsal. I didn't go with him, obviously. I was studying for exams. And I thought, well, when Dad comes back, I've got to tell him, you know, uh, I, I don't want to do this. Quite frankly, I think I worried for the rest of the night, sort of thinking, well, Dad will sort of go through the roof if you know I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to change direction. I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> when he came back, I said, look, I, I, I don't think I really want to do this architecture stuff. Dad was working as a draftsman at the time. Um, and he said, well, what do, you, what do you think you need to do? He said, well, I, I think I'd like to pursue music. And he said, okay, go and sort it out. Okay. So the next day I went to the high school and talked to the high school about it. Um, sort of knew a little bit about the 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 high school music teacher there. 
uh, the instrumental music teacher. He was the local town bandmaster who we'd had a bit to do with from the Salvo brass band scene, right? So mm-hmm. at year 11, uh, I finished year 11, passed that. I went back to, I went to high school from the tech to the high school and I did year 11 again, just so I can concentrate on music because mm-hmm. I hadn't done any theory up to that point. And as a player, I was probably only about a grade four, maybe a grade five AMEB level player. I'd only been playing with the salvos, you know, and playing sort of semi-seriously uh, or interested in playing for a couple of years. So I did year 11 again, picked the easiest math subject after doing applied maths and all that physics and chemistry. I figured, okay, I'll do that. I did English again, had, had to do English again. So I passed year 11 twice. Uh, year 12, I can remember in year 12, I don't think I've ever ever practiced as much as I did in year 12. I did two hours a day at school, which was great because I had two free periods a day. We only had a five-period day, an hour for each period. Um, I had two free periods each day because music theory, uh, we only had like two lessons a week. And prac, I only had one lesson a week. So it was lots of free time. I did two hours at school and I'd come home and do another two hours. I didn't even do that much playing when I was at uni. Um, Mm. So I basically went from like a a grade five plate and I did grade six partway through year 12. And after that, I went to study music. I I did a diploma in music, then started working in high school. Uh, No, first gig was um, playing with some mates from uni and we did a music program for kids in primary schools, touring around um, for primary schools and preschools. And we did a lot of stuff for the Arts Council in Victoria doing that. Moved from that after about seven years and I said, okay, I want to go, I want to teach. So I started teaching instrumental music, started with five different schools, a different school every day, which drove me crazy because uh, you never know where you are. In fact, one day I roll, rock, rocked up to a school and I'm sitting there and said, where are these kids? Where are these kids? They should be here oh, for a lesson. No. Looked at my diary and I was actually at the wrong school. Um, <laughs> it only ever happened once. So I, I rang the other school said, I am coming. I'm just running late. Um, and of course, that was in the day uh, pre-mobiles. Um, so I rushed over to the other school, did that. While I was teaching, I managed to get some uh, study leave and I did a, a degree in music um, and then continued teaching up till 89 1989, um, and then I started to work for the Army um, at THQ first. Uh, I did about seven years there. I went back to teaching for about a year. That was a mistake. Um, Then I went Mm. back to working with the Army at Divisional Headquarters and ended up when Ken started at THQ, I eventually moved over there and uh, was working at THQ. For me, the whole music thing was very important. I mean, Dad was, like I say, bandmaster. He was songster leader at times too. And he was a a really big musical influence on lots of sort of levels. Uh, And so was my high school music teacher. So I learned a lot from those two. And music was just a way that I found that I could express myself. And I started writing stuff... I think while I was in year 11 at high school, just started writing, you know, little quartets and bits and pieces. And I had a tape recorder and I'd record myself and overdub myself, you know, four or five times. 
just playing around and getting to understand how harmony actually worked. And then it just sort of went on from there, you know. Um, I, I write, I was actually talking to somebody the other day, um, I have a very good friend who writes because he has to write. They're like the stuff in his head and he just has to write it, just has to write it out. That's the way he expresses himself. I think I write because I can. I don't write mm. it so much because I, I really need to express myself. I just, I'll have an idea and then I can develop that. There's been very few pieces, in fact, probably less than a handful of pieces that I've written because I, I've really had to write them. I've really wanted to write them. Uh, I usually find myself mm. writing things for other people, which is fine. I don't mind that. And I think for me, it took me a long time to sort of realise that that's part of my my ministry. My ministry is one of being a like a, a Levite, assisting the, the priests in their worship. So I find that I, as I look back at things, I sort of I'm I I write and I arrange things to help other people do what they do in worship, mm-hmm. um, not because I'm the one that's leading the worship, but to help other people uh, do what they do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's is that five so minutes yet? Surely that's over five <laughs> yeah, minutes. Yeah, that was you know? great. You, you touched on like there's a couple of points there that we could definitely expand on, but there's one thing I just really wanted to mention. The I feel like it's a really important point where you were saying you were writing not because you felt that you had to, but because you could, right? And I think like people who either aren't creative or kind of uh, just kind of dipping the toe in the creative arts type of thing. I think that there's a misconception that a lot of creative arts come out of this need to have to do it. Yeah. Um, whereas there's a lot of people that it's actually a skill that you have and you have to act upon that skill. The skill just doesn't blurt out from you. Like, mm. like you need to act upon it. And I thought that was a really good point that you brought up. Like, and something that like resonates a lot with me, like, yeah. I don't feel like I have to write a song. Like I, I write a song because I can and I want to and I feel like that's a gifting God's given me. Yeah. And but it's a choice, right? Like your ma- it's a choice, exactly. And I think there is a bit of a misconception there sometimes where all all creatives they just blurt it out and there it is. It's actually a lot a lot of creatives it's a choice for them to to go down that path. Mm. Yeah, there's other parts of your personality that come into that too. I mean Believe this or not, but I am an introvert, right? In front of a group, I don't have a problem. I think that's because of my training, training both as a musician and as a leader. I mean, I was youth group leader at our core when I was 17. So I've always been in sort of leadership positions. I think that's part of my my gifting. Well, I know it's part of my gifting. Um, so being in a leadership role, being at the front is one thing. Take me out of that, and I'm, I am very much um, you know, like a fish out of water. I'm, I, I'll be the guy in a party situation. I'm the guy sitting in the corner talking to himself. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not that gregarious and outgoing that I will start the conversation. Rarely mm. re- would I start the conversation, unless I find myself in this other persona, which is Brian Hogg, the leader, not mm. Brian Hogg. Brian Hogg. That's why I I like being in the garden. I like being in the shed. It's just me, you know. I that's where I re-energize. 
My wife is quite quite different. She will re-energize when she's interacting with people. That just totally drains me. So I think as a creative, that part of your character comes into it too. That um, for me, it's, I don't like to think it's ever about me because I don't think it is. Um, Mm. And, you know, like I said, a friend of mine who has to write, he's a much more gregarious, much more outgoing than I am. Um, But I don't think he would think it's about him either. Yeah. for him, it's yeah. about the music. Yeah, you know, um, we, you know, we're all different. Um, thankfully, um, and we use what we have, hopefully, as good stewards of what God's given us. Mm. Yeah, in whatever way. I want to jump on. I feel like we could just unpack your origin story. Like you, there was so yeah. much gold just in that. But, and I've heard you talk about it before, but I think it'd be cool to talk about it in this platform, but this idea of being like a Levite and, and how mm. did you come to that understanding? Like how did, I assume, God reveal that? And um, I think, because I think it's really cool to be like, I aid others in like their worship. I don't necessarily lead them, but I assist them. Um, and obviously through music and publications. But can you tell us more about that? Sure, it wasn't all that long ago, actually. I think it was only 2017. Mm. Uh, I was, hang on. Yeah, it was 2017 because this is the T-shirt I got when I was at the music camp in New Zealand. <laughs> what? Um, it's so random. Great prop. Yeah, it is so random, isn't it? Um, 2017, I went to New Zealand to do a camp. They have one there every year, and they have got the most fabulous place they go for this camp, and it's just wonderful. Anyway, I was just reading um, the scriptures and um, what is it? First Chronicles twenty twenty three or twenty three thirty? One or the other. One. It's in there somewhere, and it talks about all the different roles of the Levites. And for me, there was this one verse that just jumped out. It's like uh, part of the role of the Levite is to stand in the morning and to stand in the evening and praise God and to lead the people in praising God. And I took that very, very literally, that I should stand in the morning and in the evening and just praise and thanks God. So as I walked out of the building and looked at this amazing uh, venue that they have over there, it was just a chance to stand there for a minute or so and say, thanks, God, what's today going to be about? Mm-hmm. You know, And to, it was just a chance to be thankful and to praise God. And at the end of the day, as I walked back into the building, I would do the same. And I continued doing that throughout the year. Mm. Um, and that, that, was, that was a whole uh, exercise in being thankful as well. Um, but it was that sort of under, coming to understand that what I really feel that what I do is, as a Levite, is to assist other people in worship. And how I choose to do that... Um, I think I do have some creativity in areas other than music, but music is what I've trained as. Um, mm. And being creative, I think, sometimes crosses disciplines. Yeah, I think if you're a real creative, you actually can see things, oh, that would be good if we could do this, or that would be good if we can do that. I may not necessarily have be the person to do it, and that doesn't bother me. You know, yeah. I don't have to be doing those things. 
but just to say, oh, yeah, we could do this and we could do that, uh, and to find the people that can do those things, uh, that for me is, it was all wrapped up, and it was, I think, confirmed to me, um, it was January 2017, um, that that is my ministry. My ministry is being that of a Levite. And it was like everything that I'd done up to that point fell into that, you know, that's what I've been doing. Yeah. 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 It sort of, it, it gave uh, something, a more concrete frame around what my ministry is. My ministry is not music. My ministry yeah. is what we can do through music. My ministry is who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the music that I make. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a whole lots of different ways you can look at things but yeah that's that's just the way i take things okay so speaking to that then the realization of it's not the music it's what the music does right yeah as someone who has been around because so how many how many years have you tallied up at the salvos as a as a worker as an employee all up the be at least 15 or 16 so 15 fact, or 16 no, years? No, there'd be more than that. 89, I left teaching with the education department. That's right. Um, it was the end of 67. I think I started with the Army 68, uh, 98. Don't forget, you're talking to somebody at my age. I can't remember breakfast, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, 90, 98 oh, is when I okay. started... At the army, or end of ninety seven, ninety eight, you know. Far and you had one year so off. So that's twenty with one year off. So twenty years. Twenty years. Far Over out. Yeah. So twenty years working in the creative worship arts area of the Salvation Army. Yeah. Well, obviously, you've seen a lot of different things kind of come and go, right? Um, yeah. But the current state of music within the Salvation Army. I guess this is this could be like a ten-parter, by the way. But what, like, <laughs> where do you think music currently sits? Do you think that aligns with the revelation you have as a Levite? And I guess that's it. Let's go there first. <laughs> like, like, does that make sense? Like, the current state of where we are as a Salvation Army with music being such a prevalent thing and such a a massive part of our history. Do you think where we are at now is a healthy spot in relation to especially your own convictions around worship? Sorry to hit you with it's, that. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to think, like, is it, in, is it in a healthy place? It's, I think, perhaps hard to be too general, but I guess we're going to have to be. I think... Okay, yeah, yeah. For me, what I sometimes see is... We, we have made and we continue to make, unfortunately, I think, music an end in itself. And I'm not mm. certain it should ever be that. I mean, you guys know what I say. You know, worship is not music or music is mm. not worship. M- mm. Music was never intended to be worship, but it's a wonderful tool that we can use in worship. Worship is what comes from inside of us. Not what we do with our hands and our lips and our voices. Worship is something that is much deeper than that. And I sometimes wonder if 
if we make worship too shallow by saying, okay, yeah, and I hear it sometimes, and it's language that people use, and okay, we might be talking semantics. Okay, let's worship God by singing this song. Mm. No, you can't tell, one, you can't tell me when to worship. (laughs) We can't necessarily switch it on and off um, because I choose to worship, right? I worship. We can all sing together. Uh, I mean, the... (laughs) Yeah, the analogy about worship songs are slow ones, praise ones are fast ones. That always amuses me. But I sometimes think people, that's the way people see it. For me, and, and look, there's only three of us here. If I said, okay, what's your definition of worship? We might come up with two or three different answers anyway. But for me, worship is something that comes from much deeper inside of us, much deeper. I mean, if, if music was worship, hmm. I know dozens of professional musos in Melbourne and around the country right now who would be worshipping God because they're playing or singing. No, no, it doesn't work like that. You know, it's not I worship God through music, not by playing music. Yeah. For me, there's a big difference there. I mean, I can worship God through the music I'm involved in, but not by singing. Singing, playing doesn't mean I'm worshipping. So I think we have to be careful that we don't make the music an end in itself. That, okay, now let's worship God by singing this song, playing this song. The other thing that sometimes worries worries me is, has a use of music become very uh, two-dimensional? It's like what we do here in the core, we've got this little group of people that we, we work with, and I think to some extent it's this is getting worse. Um, and I understand there's, there's reasons um, why this happens. Now, when was the last time you saw or heard a Salvation Army Corps on the streets? Does that matter? Because there's other ways that we can reach people in the community. And the way that we reach music, people in the, in the community ch- has changed because we, we do it in lots of different ways. It's not just that sort of evangelical sort of open-air meeting. Mm. But our music was used for that, and I see our music being used for less and less of that mm. um, because it's become much more internal. We use music in our church service to worship God. Now, that's not a bad thing. Mm. We should be doing that. But what I'm saying is, when was the last time we actually used music to reach out to somebody who was not already in our congregation? And how yeah. <laughs> can we yeah. actually use music to to actually do that, to involve and engage with mm. other people? Mm. It be, mm. It's become very, very insular. I mean, the old argument used to be about belonging and believing. Okay, you come along and believe what we believe, yeah. And then so rather you come and believe what we believe and then you can belong with us. All right. Oh, yeah. So if you come in and, and this is the way you think, then you can be a part of us. And that thankfully has changed. This is a lot more uh, emphasis, I think, on, on belonging with us and we will lead you to believing. That's a good yeah. thing, I yep. think. But Definitely. Where, how does our music fit into that? I, I wonder if our use of music is becoming just too narrow 
I mean, it's one of the reasons why I enjoy being in the big band. And we've got guys in the big band who play professionally as musos, doing gigs week after week after week. And we often say, well, okay, what's different about this band than the band you're going to play in tomorrow? There has to be a difference. If this is a Christian outfit, there has to be a difference. This somehow has to be an expression of who we are and how do we make that known to other people when we're playing and we're doing stuff. Uh, And we often talk about the fact that, you know, um, when we go and play somewhere, people will remember the songs that we play, maybe, but they will certainly remember the way that we interact with them and that yeah, for me a is a spot where I, where I have to step out of character of being the introvert yeah, and yeah. step into another persona that says okay yeah. I need to connect with these people who've been listening with us and just talk with them oh <laughs> yeah. did you enjoy that music did you understand the message that was in that song did you un- did God say something to you while we we're singing that you know th- that's where yeah. I have to step out of that my normal um, character and still engage with people. I I just wonder, is our music becoming so narrow it's only used in the worship service? Hmm. Now, like I said, on one hand, that's not a bad thing, but I I don't think we're using music Mm. as an effective tool Mm. to reach outside of yeah. our congregation and our regular community. Mm. So, Brian, you have worked for the Army for 20-plus years. That's a significant part of your life. And I guess I'm interested as to why did you get, dedicate so much of your life to working for worship arts, working for the Army in Music and Creative Arts? Like, What do you see in it? What do you believe in it that goes... I I am so passionate about this. I'm going to dedicate 20. I mean, you probably didn't plan at the beginning to be like, I will be here for the next 20 years, but like, but you did. So I'm interested into kind of, yeah, what do you see in it that makes you passionate and makes you want to work uh, at it for 20 years? Can I jump as well quickly yes. before you start the answer? Yes. Because you're probably a bit of a rarity where like you would have, like you you can put, you could have got a job anywhere doing what you're doing like your like your level of skill is extremely high right so it's like composing writing all of that stuff you could have you could have got a job with anyone i would say uh so yeah speaking to that why like why why the salvos when you basically my belief you might not believe it because you're a very humble man but you'd be able to get a job anywhere so why why stay with the salvos? You know, when I was seventeen, and I made that choice to sort of come into music. I mean, even then, I'm not certain that I knew this was a God thing. I think it was only later I realised this was a God thing. A little later, I mean, a, a few years later, yeah, a few years later, um, uh, I had a good mate. He actually was best man at our wedding, who had a really bad diving accident mm. and ended up in a wheelchair. Now, why, there goes my dog's barking, um, <laughs> why, again, I 
I only put this down to a God thing because at that time I was I was fairly convinced that for whatever reason I would end up um God God would put this thing in my head like somehow you will be uh the head of the music in, in the army. So yeah, that's gonna happen. And my mate my mate, this is just before his accident, um was going was going to be the general. Yeah, that's the way we laughed about it. Anyway, he ended up being um, in a wheelchair. That sort of got him off the hook a bit. Um, <laughs> but he ended up being one of the senior lecturers, lecturers at uh, the Victorian Bible College, which is fairly local to where we both live. And, and it was always this thing in my mind, well, I guess being brought up in the army, being involved so much in music, it was a, a big part of my life in lots of different ways. It was a big part of my church life. Um, when the opportunity came up for somebody to be working at THQ as in the area of music, I jumped at it. And I left, I left one of those very good jobs, right, uh, that you mentioned, uh, to do that. <laughs> At the time, I was head of music at a private school. I'd been there about seven years. I'd been head of music for a couple of years there. Um, and I just knew, no, this this is what I've got to do. And I actually said to the headmaster, I said, look, I'm only leaving, not because I'm unhappy with the school, I'm only leaving because it's my conviction that this is what I should be doing. Mm. And he said, you've got to do it. Mm. So that's how that ended up. Um and that just, I guess it, that just rolled on, just kept going, um, because I, I'm I'm pretty keen that music has so much to offer the people that are involved in groups that are doing it, um, as well as the group themselves offering what they do to other people mm. in ministry and mission. Um, there's a lot more we can achieve um, if we're prepared to sort of push a little bit harder, you know. Um, if we're prepared to work at what we do and do it well, then, you know, why wouldn't we to achieve what we believe uh, is a better outcome for everybody, you know. Um, so... Yeah, I just, I, I, I guess I just sort of find myself doing it because, uh, yeah, it's pretty much a God thing. And that, that goes right back to when I was 17. Mm -hmm. That decision to be a musician and, and not an architect. Okay. what? So you know that us as a team, the worship arts team of Salvation Army, are trying to, well, not trying to, we just place high importance on not just music as a worship art, right? Like, mm. and we feel like maybe the the default thought is to, when thinking of worship, think of music um, first and foremost, maybe particularly within the Salvation Army because of such a rich history in music, which is definitely not a bad thing. Um, but you've, you've kind of touched on a little bit, and we've touched on a little bit of how your interest in woodwork and... And even the design elements that you're talking about with your architecture and 
and things that you wanted to do. I think, like, for me, hearing, like, I think you're a very wise man, by the way. Just yep. thought I'd let you know. You won't Second accept that. that either. You don't accept, you don't accept anything. But mm-hmm. I will say you're a very wise man. And, like, just personally, I'd love to hear what thoughts you have around encouragement for people who want to dive into the creative arts for their local setting, what it means. Maybe they're not musical people and they feel like the, there's not a place for them. What, like, do you have, like, I guess how can we best support or what can you say that best support people where they're at now to hopefully give them that little bit of encouragement? Like the 17-year-old self, your 17-year-old mm. self, what would you say to those people as encouragement, knowing all of this wisdom that you know now from being in music since you were 17? What what kind of yeah encouragement could you give to those people who are possibly listening that want to, want to dip their toe a bit? I would say keep dipping your toe till you got down to your ankle, then your knees, and then your <laughs> hips, till you're you're totally absorbed in it. Mm. If you've mm. got a particular skill in an area, I mean, Scripture tells us, you know, do all that we do unto Him. Right? Mm. What does that mean? Uh, and this this might rub some people up the wrong way, but I, I get a little bit tired of people saying, you know, well, near enough is good enough. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. Quite frankly, I don't know what perfect is. And I've been accused of being a perfectionist. I've been accused of being... Uh, I don't think my, I'm a perfectionist by any stretch of the imagination. I might be a high achiever, and I think that's a difference. Because mm. quite frankly, I don't know what perfection is in the arts. Because what I see as being perfect, the next person might say, well, well was it Really? You know, what's perfect for me not, may not be perfect for somebody else. Um, that's not the issue. The thing is, like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it the best I can. Mm. Because, one, if I'm doing it for use by the church and use by God, then it has to be the best. I mean, if I go to listen to, you know, it, it's been really good being sort of this retirement thing. I can go to gigs any time i've been to so many <laughs> gigs this year it's been great and i don't have to worry about getting up and go to work the next day but i go to bands and hear people play because they're good at what they do if they were pretty average and ordinary i wouldn't go quite frankly and i don't know how many people would go how many how many people would go and hear a band that's pretty average and made mistakes and and stuff things up and you wouldn't we simply wouldn't do that so why do we put up with that at church you know now that again that's a real generalization but if we go you know if there was somebody who is preaching and they fell over their words they misquoted things from scripture uh, their theology was not right <laughs> there'd be an uproar but sometimes when it comes to our musicians right across the board, whether that's a brass band, a choir, or a worship band, we put up with pretty average stuff musically. Having said that, I still don't believe that people go along to church to listen to good music, to watch good drama and dance mm. and sing great songs. That's not why people go to work, go to church. They go to church, I think, for much more basic reasons. One, to feel that they belong somewhere, 
and somebody loves them and they can invest in other people. But sometimes we focus so much on the music that we're making and the programs that we're running, but we actually forget it's about community and it's about people. And we don't invest enough time in investing in the people in the community um, and in, in the congregational community as well as the com broader community. I just think if somebody's got some interest in, in the creative arts, dive straight into it. Mm. If if it's something that God can use, he can use it, and he will use it regardless, really, of um, how good or how bad you think it is. And that, yeah. that might run yeah. contrary to what I was just saying about <laughs> do it the best you can. Yeah. But if, if it's for God, he can use it. I can remember standing in front of the, the core band and we've rehearsed stuff and we've talked about here's the here's the songs that we that are in this piece of music. This is what this music is about. We've rehearsed it. Okay, we're gonna do this on Sunday. We get to Sunday and quite honestly, the horns are out of tune, the trombones are half a beat behind, the basses have lost the plot. And I I've stood there I've stood there a number of times and this this has always knocked me about. I've stood there conducting the band, and the best thing about being the band master is your your back is towards the audience and your face is away from the audience, right, <laughs> or the congregation. And I've conducted, um, while I'm conducting, I'm saying, Father God, we're doing this for you. And if you can use this, you can have it. <laughs> and f without fail, without fail, every time I prayed that prayer and the band was playing really badly, someone came up and said, I really enjoyed the band this morning. Huh. Now, where does that leave the whole idea of perfection? Mm. You know, where does that leave the whole idea of trying to achieve something? Because I think we, we, we operate on two levels. We operate on two planes. We operate on a technical plane. Mm -hmm. That is get all, get all the notes right, get all the phrasing right, get the music right, and we operate on a spiritual level. Sometimes we just get them in the wrong order, and we worry about the perfection and the skill and all of that, and we forget about the spiritual. You know, mm. if we get the spiritual stuff right, then to a certain extent, the other stuff doesn't matter. But at the same time, we should be doing it the best that we can. Yeah. In, yeah. Really, if we want to honour God, why wouldn't we want to do it the best? Yeah. I think and one at the same time, to the other too. Sorry, I just cut you off, I think. But I think no, one I, leads I missed... to the other too, right? So, like, if your spiritual is is sound and you're concentrating on the spiritual, I think as a creative person, you want to dig more into the technical aspects of your sure. of your art, right? So I think yeah. one definitely does lead to the other as long as mm. the ducks are in the right row, right? And that's something uh, yeah. that's come out a lot in our, in our yeah. podcast, in everyone yeah. we've talked to. And it's actually, I was talking to Shush earlier, just how crazy it is that a lot of this is aligning up so complete through all of these all of these guests that we've had that are all in different art forms like yeah mm. if the it's, spiritual lines up the rest kind of follows almost right yeah. it's the heart of the artist yeah. it always comes seems to come back to this we've like discovered and talking to everyone it, it always comes back to your heart and yes it's about the spiritual mm. and your worship of god and your love for god but it's also about doing your best for god which is about yeah the position of your heart and and that comes out in spiritual and technical, and mm. it it's not one or the other. Like there's, I think sometimes we feel like we have to choose, 
that it's you can only have the spiritual or you can only have the technical and they, they <laughs> you can't live in a world with both. Yes, there is a priority and there is an order, but that doesn't mean you negate the other. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think personally, I think you can live with both and yeah. you have to live with both. Yeah. yeah. But you just have to make sure that they're in the right order. Yeah. And not yeah. say the skill and the talent is above what God God has given us the skill and given us the talent and gives us the opportunity to use it and gives what we use meaning, Yeah, not us. Yeah. We don't give the art meaning. He gives it meaning, I yeah. think. But mm. it's, it's always right. that balance between, okay, if the heart's right and the output is not great, God can still use that. Yeah. Mm. Don't keep falling back and say, well, okay, if God can use that, that's all he's going to get. It's like saying, I'm going to tithe. Mm-hmm. But you know, God God can get away with only eight percent, five percent, two percent. You know, it's it's either a tithe, ten percent, or it's not a tithe. It's either the best we can do for Him, or it's not the best we can do for Him. Mm-hmm. If last week we got away with something that was half baked, doesn't mean that next week we can. Because at the same time, if we're making mistakes in the music, in the presentation, that and people are thinking about that, then they're not thinking about the message that we're trying to say. Yeah. And it's interesting. This this guy I was talking to, talking about uh, um, who has to write music, before he became a Christian again, before he recommitted his life, he would say, he would go along to church with his wife. And every time I see him, we would talk about spiritual things. It would always keep coming back to that. And he would say, look, Hoggy, I read Psalms and I read Proverbs because I get something out of that. But all this faith stuff, nah, not into it. Just He was badly burnt by the church. And so he just turned his back on it. Anyway, go to, go, he said one time, I said, oh, I went along to church with my wife and it was this old guy playing the organ. And he says, it was wrong chords. It was out of time. It was just horrible. And then he said, I looked at this guy's face and realized he's doing this as his act of worship for his God, and he's doing it with all his heart, and that made it all right. Now, this guy's a a professional musician who I hold in high regard, and I just sort of said, this was before he recommitted himself again, you know? He recognized that what people are doing out of an act of worship surpasses some of that stuff. But if you if you get hung up on all those wrong notes, it can be distracting yeah. for the people you're trying to reach. So there's this is there is a balance there yeah. between sort of, you know, my skill level is only here, but that's the best I can do. But why why does it have to stop at that point? Why can't we go another notch higher? Why can't we go a little bit further? Again, because we want to go and hear the best. And again, people don't come along to church to hear the best. But if they're not hearing it the best, they're going to, for part of that service, for part of the time they're in the place, they are going to switch off, they're going to disengage, and they're not going to be um, focused on on what God is saying to them. Mm. So there's a real, real balance there. Yeah. But for me, it's it's either... Either we do the best that we can or don't do it at all. And that may well be um, part of my upbringing. Like if a job's worth doing, 
it's worth doing properly. Yeah, um, that kind of message was always drummed into me. If you're going to do something, do it the best you can. Um, Not if you're going to do something, just get away with the minimum. Yeah, but I think what you're saying about actually sometimes it can be a distraction, it can be a hindrance to people... Mm. encountering God or whatever because they're like, oh, that was a wrong note or, you know, that yeah. is this or that. Actually, you should, like, we should care about those things. Like, sure. if yeah. you don't care about it because yep. you don't want to do your best, I mean, that, but this, like, can actually help people uh, bring them into the presence of God better by bringing our best, you know, and that's something, if you don't care about mm. the other stuff, you should definitely care about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. I mean, and at the same time, um, it's not about what we do. It's about how we engage with other people. If we make mistakes mm. or we play a perfect song, you know, when people, when you come off the platform and somebody says g'day and we walk straight past them and we don't say anything or we snub yeah. them, yeah. that's what they're going to remember. Yeah. They're not yeah. going to actually remember the, the art. They're not going to remember the craft. Yeah. They're going to remember how you treat them. Yeah. And mm. that is a lesson that I've had to learn. Mm. You know, because of my character, I know when I step into this other persona, and sometimes I've I've had to learn to step into that persona of being the leader, being the person that people are looking at when I'm not the person that people are looking at. I'm not the leader yeah. anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not in front of a group, Yeah. but I'm still in the eyes of other people and yeah. in the eyes of, you know, you, you could, we could read story after story of people that look at the church and blame the church because of the actions of a few people in the church, uh, and they just don't understand it, and rightly so. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. either we're doing this for the right reasons or we're not. I love how we've said it before, but this keeps coming back to the heart of who we are, right? Yeah. And and yeah. everything yeah. flows from that. That's biblical. That it, it flows from our heart, and so we need to get our heart aligned. Um, and you go, you keep going. Oh no, you go because I'm going to wrap it up once you've made your comment. <laughs> I was just going to say that that comes back then for me. You know, we sort of see you talk about a heart of worship. That comes back to worship. Mm. My worship is to give my God the best. For me, my definition of worship is responding to the call of God on my life. Mm. Right, that's my definition of worship. We could each have our own, but mm. my my worship is what drives the things that I do. In much the same way, I mean, uh, shush, you have yet to learn this, but at, Dan, as parents, when our kids do something really well, we say, oh, look at that. Wasn't that fantastic? You did a really good job. We praise them, and we praise them because we love them so much. And we love our God so much, which is so much inside of us, it finds its way to come out in praise, whether that's song or dance or drama or whatever it might be, whatever other craft way we can do it. Um, it comes out in that. So it's still coming from this heart of worship. That's mm. worship. For me, that's real worship. Worship mm. is what we do with our hearts. Praise is what we do with our lips, mm. you know. Mm. And sometimes I think we, uh, that's another thing that we get messed up, that we, our definition of worship is way too shallow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I worship God by singing the song 
or on worship. I can sing this song on worship, God. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, uh, there's something more than that. It has to be something more than that. Anyway, wrap it up. Shush. <laughs> Great point. Wrap, it, wrap up. it up. But, well, here we go. So to wrap it up, this is at the end of every episode, we like to honour the person um, who's come on as guest. And Brian, we love you. Our team loves you. Ooh, yeah. And I know there are so many people listening who uh, love you too. And I could sit here and listen to you talk for hours. Like you were definitely a man of wisdom and just have so many gems and it's so great listening to you speak uh, and I just want to thank you number one for coming on to the podcast and sharing mm. that hopefully with a wider audience and I pray that this blesses people that it challenges people um, and kind of makes them rethink some things and that people would uh, take actions differently it wouldn't just be theory but people would uh, do things differently because of this um, and I actually want to pray some scripture over you it came to mind so this is from Philippians 1. It says this. So I thank my God every time I remember you, Brian. In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love, Brian, may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Mm. Amen. Yeah. Thanks, Shush. Wow. That's a that's going to be a hard one to follow, Shush. <laughs> oh, I want to give you some honour as well, Brian, but that was very well put. Um, like, just personally, <laughs> Brian, I just want to thank you for the years of service that you've put into the worship arts and creative arts of the Salvation Army. But not only that, just like I just thank you for your heart yeah, and knowing that your heart is in the right place. And that's I think that's the thing. Like I didn't really know you until I started in this team. And I think that's the thing that it didn't – like I wasn't um, surprised negatively. I didn't think you had a bad heart when I came into the team. But I was I was surprised by – I guess your guess your authenticity, and that's the biggest thing that I that I um I love in people, and I saw that in you in everything that you said, and mm. I always think of um you know the term like stalwart stalwart is that how you say it you know that stalwart yeah stalwart you know like loyal reliable hardworking and I just that's that's honestly I attribute all of those things to you and I think you've done a tremendous job in everything mm. that you've done and and you do you are that picture of excellence but your heart's in the right place yeah. and I think that Thanks, is commendable Tim. I think that's amazing so I just want to honor you for everything you've done um, yeah. we're gonna personally miss you heaps anyway but yeah um, I know we'll still knock on your door every now and then but we love you we love what you do we love yeah. your heart and we love all the wisdom that you've spoken over us and that's invaluable so. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on this and chatting with us and hopefully other people uh, get that wisdom over them as well. Thanks, Dan. Good to see you both. Yeah, it's, it's been great. fun. And, uh, All yeah, right. Good to see you both. Bless you both. Very good. And behold, it was very good. See you next time.